Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio tonight. So glad that you've joined us. Jeff and Dave, your hosts tonight on the show. You can always connect with us anytime during the show or the podcast. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com or connect on Facebook and Twitter with us. And we want to know tonight how your Christmas preparation, how that is all going. This is the week of Christmas. It's hard to believe, Dave, that we're already into the week of Christmas. All the shopping, all the stuff, all the Christmas card signing and stamps and envelopes and everything that you did in preparation of Christmas is all going to come together this week. And I don't know about you, Dave, but there's so many people, me included, this is a busy time of year and there's so much going on all around. I mean, there's a huge buzz. You try to drive down city streets this time of year and it's like everybody's out every single hour of the day and they're all fighting for the same spot. They're all fighting for something and um, it can actually be a pretty joyless time. I don't know if you've seen that at all preparing for Christmas, but that's kind of, that's our conversation tonight. We're going to talk about Christmas. We're going to talk about the meaning of Christmas and uh, and share with you, and we would love for you to get involved on the conversation tonight. Again, this show, if you're new to the show, we connect with parents, with teens, with young adults, and talk about things that are meaningful in your life. And we realize that this time of year, it doesn't really matter if it's this time of year, but there are struggles that we go through. And it's really important to know that there's somebody who is there that's willing to listen to you. So anytime you're listening tonight during the show and you find yourself just in a dark spot or just a place where you're you're questioning a lot of things, maybe you're questioning your faith, questioning God or whatever, you can always chat with the live coach at hopenet360.com and click on the chat with a live coach button. So, okay, Dave, our conversation tonight, Christmas, I want to know, what is your typical Christmas preparation like for you? Uh, you know what? I, I am not a great Christmas guy as far as preparation goes, other than enjoying the whole slowness of the season. Christmas should be really a celebration of something. And in our country, we do it differently than other countries. And I know everybody celebrates differently. Our Swedes, you know, we're a little bit more stoic, so we don't we don't really go crazy like the Italians who roll around on the floor and do different things. And and uh, and that's fine. But the, the the bottom line really is, for me at Christmas, I'm very philosophical, as you could probably guess. And and I look around and I look at the busyness of the world, and I can't help but think of Bethlehem when Jesus was actually born. You know, how many people are there? Do you remember the story there where where basically Joseph and Mary went there because the government made them, so the place was buzzing with people. Yeah. I mean, it, there, there were people everywhere. And and how many of those people in that city missed the fact that Jesus was born? The significance of that moment they missed. Mm-hmm. And and you know what makes it really even weirder to me, Jeff, is the idea that, that Mary and Joseph were in a town where a census was being taken. And the census was being taken of their family. So here's Mary and Joseph. They're going and they're going to be a part of something that the government demands. They're surrounded by family. This woman is about to give birth and nobody in the family is going to let them in the end. Nobody. Hmm. I mean, this is family stuff. Yep. And so, so they got to find somewhere else to go. It's amazing to me how that parallels kind of what's going on in our culture when when we walk around the mall on a Good Friday, if you want, a Good Friday, I mean a Black Friday, excuse me, and we walk around any store, a Menards, I mean, all the way to the 24th or something has all these great sales going on. And, and mm. people are filling carts and taking things they don't even need because the price is so cheap. And I'm thinking, is this like Bethlehem? Mm. I mean, are, are people so busy running around that they've missed the whole reason for this season? Have they... Have they really not noticed that Jesus came in the flesh? Have they not understood the specialness of Christ being born? 
So, you know, Jeff, I keep thinking about that original time in Bethlehem, and really, no matter what store I go into, no matter what traffic jam I'm sitting in, no matter where I am fighting for a spot in a parking lot to get food for the season or whatever it might be, uh, I think, you know what, there's so many people that are so busy missing the point. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy for us to do. I guess I would ask our listeners to at this time, and I know it's late in the season, but could you carve out some time to just be still? And, and really think about what Christmas really is about, mm-hmm. why we celebrate it, what its, what its purpose is. I think that it would change everything about the whole celebration aspect. Right. Uh, is it really about being busy, running out, trying to take care of what other people are doing? Or is it really about reflecting on the fact that God Almighty loves you? Right. And, and chose to send his son to die on a cross one day for us and, and to intervene in our world and to show us who God is. I love in the book of John where it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John was saying, you know what? Jesus was the very concept of God, but in reality, because this word became flesh and dwelt among us so we could behold the glory of God. Mm-hmm. We need to be able to, to, to understand the special gift of Jesus to this world so that we could have hope for the future. And, and it's important that we, we start putting that in perspective. So I guess my, my thought on Christmas is really, I think we're still in Bethlehem somehow, hmm. and people are running around and, and being very busy and, and not really understanding the significance of this moment. And I would wish that our listeners would pause a little bit to understand the significance of the moment. This is a really great time to reflect on what Christmas is really all about. We've just spent the last four weeks or so going and buzzing around the malls and and shopping maybe online, uh, looking for that perfect gift for that person who never appreciates anything you get for them any other time of the year. So you're trying to to please people in different ways and and maybe measure up, keep up with the Joneses. And there's so much pressure from a lot of different angles. And now you're preparing for this day when, you know, if if you do the present exchanges, I don't know what you guys do. Maybe you should just email us. Let us know what your Christmas preparation looks like. Do you go shopping? Do you get into all of the gift giving or do you take a whole different approach? Approach. There are a lot of different ways to celebrate Christmas. And so tonight we're kind of looking from the stereotype of a typical American Christmas who spends an average of $700 per Christmas season. And that's just the average family, the average, actually average person who goes shopping will spend about $700 in America on Christmas alone. And so that to us says, well, our measure of Christmas is based on the number of dollars that we spend, or it's the maybe number of deals that we find online or in stores. And sometimes it, it actually just is for us. Let's just be honest. <laughs> so I want to ask you tonight, what do you do for Christmas? What's your preparation like? How has it been? Do you still have a bumper on your car or did you get that torn off in a parking lot somewhere? Email us hope at hopenet360.com tonight. Dave, I do want to touch a little bit more on the Christmas story and if we're really reflecting on what the true meaning of Christmas is all about, it's about this man, Jesus, coming to earth in the form of a baby and apparently born to a virgin, a woman who had never experienced a man, known a man in that way before, and that God had appointed divinely to bring in his son to this world. And so when we're looking at the actual Christmas story, it has such rich meaning, but it also has so many improbabilities. And when you look at the actual Christmas story, so many people who are outside of the faith look at the Christmas story and they try to deny the virgin birth. They try to deny you know, all of it that happened and say it's just a made-up story. There's no way this would have happened. And they all, they'll also try to say that the Bible is full of myths. It's all, it's all full of stories that are not really that meaningful in themselves. And yet when I look at the birth of Jesus and the highly improbable way of doing it, the only way you can explain it is that it was, it was a miracle. I mean, would you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. What's really interesting to me is that Christmas really was about the God of the universe who loves finding those who actually had a need and using his resources to meet their need. And that is the greatest gift right there. The, the greatest gift that could ever be given is to take someone who is literally helpless and, and, and very hopeless and give them help and hope. And Jesus did that. And for those who miss Jesus at this time of the season, I'm telling you, depression will set in because you'll never find hope and you'll never find help from those Christmas gifts. It's not going to happen. We're not anti-gift, believe me. I'm not saying that we shouldn't give gifts to people. 
I think we give gifts. I, I love giving gifts to people, but I love giving gifts so that we can in our lives be those who emulate our Savior who love to give. Mm-hmm. He loved to give away things to help people have a, a better life. So we're going to continue this part of the conversation when we come back. You're listening to HopeNet Radio tonight. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio tonight. So glad you've joined us for this Christmas episode of HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on the show. We would love to hear from you and hear your story and share with us about your preparation for Christmas. And if you can actually believe that Christmas is this week, it's unbelievable to me. Uh, but here we are, Christmas week. Email us, hope at hopenet360.com. Anytime during the show or during the podcast, if you're listening online, you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. We would love for you to listen to past episodes, lots of good stuff. I've been hearing over and over some of people's favorite shows we've done so far. And um, Dave, I've had people that were just chatting with me the last week, just said, hey, I, I love your show. I love what you guys are doing. And I've uh, just been talking about some of the episodes. Uh, the one that we did with adoption comes to mind. Some of the people that I've talked to have said that the adoption stories really touched them. So you can listen to our past episodes online and visit our website, hopenet360.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Twitter tonight. And we would love to hear from you. So, Dave, we're chatting about Christmas, and we started talking a little bit more on the story of Christmas and what Christmas is really all about. Because what it comes down to is we get in our mindset, in our American mind, you know, we need to go out and do all the shopping. You know, we need to go get our our Hallmark cards and mail those out this week or last week or whatever. And so there's all this frantic running around and getting into fender benders at the mall because someone took your parking spot or whatever, and or you want their parking spot and you're too aggressive on it. I don't know. But when we look at Christmas and what it is in our culture, we get so immersed in the commercialism that we lose sight of what Christmas is truly all about. And so maybe tonight would be a good chance, if if you have it, to maybe read through some of the Christmas story and really what it's all about. And I'd actually like, Dave, if you can, if you can pull up Luke and just start reading and uh, talk to us about what the true meaning of Christmas is. Let me do that. It's actually Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to all the world that they should be registered. This was the first registration of Quirinius, who was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was out of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And when they were there, time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a great multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the sayings that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. You know, that's a great message 
right there. I mean, that that's the Christmas message. In, in that little brief time, we are told of some very significant things. You know, Jeff, I, I just wonder, so many of us in our country compare ourselves to other people. We try and see if we're, we're blessed, if we're people who God is pleased with and he gives us stuff to show us that, you know, he's pleased with us. And have you ever thought about what the meaning of blessing really is? We have the perception that blessing is material wealth. A lot of our Western thinking, a lot of our American mindset is that it's based around the stuff that we have. It's, you know, it's the house that we live in. It's, you know, there are so many it's different giving forms. It's giving a lot of gifts. It, yeah. It's giving a lot of gifts, but it overall, if you're I'm looking at a lot. sometimes we get the, the gifts as the form of the blessing versus knowing God and the relationship with him as our true blessing. I don't know. That's that's my mindset. That's my personal yeah, well, let me paint a picture for you and our listeners on, on what I think God teaches about blessing just through the Christmas story. I mean, throughout the Bible, it's important that we assign a value to words that God gives the value to. For example, the word love, the word blessing, it, it actually means something in the Bible, so we should take a look at it. Yeah. Mary in the Bible is considered the most blessed of all women. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me just throw some stuff by you. Okay, so Mary, she became pregnant as a teenager unmarried, virgin. The people around her did not buy this. And and I wouldn't either in my day and age. I mean, if, if a young lady came to me and said, you know, I'm a, I'm a virgin, never known a man, whatever, and, and I'm pregnant, I'd go, yeah, right. An angel you know I mean? came and told me this. Yeah. And, yeah. Can you imagine? So she goes from there and she has to go through the process of demonstrating that she's pregnant through the year, through the months mm-hmm. and, and getting larger. And, and eventually she's, you know, she's nine months pregnant. And she has to go travel to a city. Yeah. And, and she has, travels to the city and she goes into the city and Joseph and Mary are looking for a place because who knows how this happened. But somewhere along the way, Mary probably said to Joseph, Joseph, I think it's time. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to find a place where I can have this baby. Yep. And, you know, Jeff, you've had two children recently. You, you understand that moment. And, and Mary probably said that, you know, here's, here's the moment, Joseph. We got to get this thing going. <laughs> and Joseph probably then was going around from end to end or place to place saying, you know, we need a place, my wife. And here's what's weird about it. I mean, this was his family he was going to, basically, saying, we need to give birth. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that Mary might have had a reputation as being that little slut girl, Mm. you know, that now we can't have anything to do with. So what happened eventually is that she was relegated to the manger, to the stall, to the place with the animals. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? The most blessed person in all of history is going through this process. Not only that, she watches her son grow up, and she watches Jesus become the man of God that he actually is. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that somewhere along the line, Joseph disappears. We don't know what happened to him. There's no real record. Mm-hmm. So she's a single mom. Eventually, she stands at the edge of a cross, at the foot of a cross, and watches her son get crucified. Can you tell me, Jeff, where the blessing starts on this thing? When you look at it, where, where's the blessing? Well, I like what you say, Dave, is you go and find somebody who knows something that you don't know, but they're successful at it. And right. to understand the faith that Mary had, I mean, that there are so many things that happened before Jesus was born. You know, the, the angel coming and appearing to Joseph and, and telling him exactly, that, no, this is of God. Sometimes the hardest waters to walk through are made a little bit easier when you know that someone has been, I guess, appointed by God or they've been told by God that they're in this together for that. And if you're a husband and a wife and you know maybe you've been married and you've gone through some really difficult things, sometimes the people around you don't understand it. They don't understand what you're going through. They don't understand why you made the decision that you did. You know, Joseph actually did think about putting Mary away and just saying, you know what, let's call this engagement off. This is not the way that I expected it to go. I mean, I understand if God told you this, but I just can't have that kind of reputation coming back on me. And they were both people of faith. So let's look at it from a church perspective. You're, I couldn't even imagine being Mary and Joseph. I mean, this is such a unique, it's really interesting the way that God designed this all to pan out. And like you said, I mean, these this was not a very favorable way for both Mary and Joseph to live in this in such a time, and especially when it's such a public thing now. They're going back to Bethlehem. They're going back to their, their city of birth that, like, people may not have seen them for a while, and now they're seeing them, and they're like, oh, right? Yeah, and they're not married. Yeah, not married. She is supposedly a virgin, but who's going to believe that, really? 
Yeah. You know, it's very incredible when you, when you just think about blessing in general, just blessing. You know, I think you can simplify it and, and say the most blessed people in the world are those that God desires to use and just chooses to use for his purposes. And, and, and we have to redefine blessing. It's not about not being sick necessarily. It's not about having a lot of money necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not that those things are evil in, of themselves. It's just that's not what blessing is. Mm-hmm. Blessing is actually being in the place where God wants you to be, being available to God to use, and actually seeing God use you. And, and I don't think there was somebody ever in history who's used more than Mary, and our, our listeners can learn from that. So check it out for yourself. Luke 2 is where the story of Jesus' birth is. We're going to take a break here on HopeNet Radio and play some music, and we'll be back to keep this conversation going. Again, remember, you can always chat with a live coach anytime during the show or during the week. Go to HopeNet360.com and click on the Chat with a Live Coach button. We're going to be back after this break here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Glad you've joined us again. You can email us anytime on the show. Hope at HopeNet360.com. Connect on Facebook and Twitter. Like our page. HopeNet360 is the place that we're at. So check that out while you're at it. Tonight on the show, we're chatting about Christmas and we're kind of talking about the meaning of Christmas and getting away from the busyness. Tonight should be to help you to refocus on what really matters at this time of year. Is it all worth it? Is the busyness all worth it? Um, share your story of Christmas shopping with us. Email us, hope at hopenet360.com. Tell us what your favorite or least favorite part of shopping was this year. You know, We'd love to hear your story on that. And Dave, we're talking, we shared a little bit of the Christmas story in our last segment. So if you missed that, make sure you go to our website, hopenet360.com and listen later or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You can do that as well and listen to all of our past shows. But Dave, we chatted about the Christmas story and what it meant for Mary and Joseph in their day and age to have this child, yet we're not married. You know, if I had to write the story of Jesus coming to earth, it probably would have at least been to a married couple. They probably would have been in their 30s because, the, you know, those were people that were mature in their culture. The way that Jesus came in this world was highly unlikely. And one of the other notable things in the Christmas story is where Jesus was born. I mean, he was born in a stable in the midst of, you know, these shepherds that came in from the field. They were tending their flock. There are so many interesting perspectives and and details that we get in the story of Jesus' birth. And again, more unlikely details that you would think would happen when if the king of the universe comes to this world that you would expect more fanfare than just this. I don't know, Dave, do you you agree with that? Do you find that interesting? Are there things in the Christmas story that stand out to you? Yeah, the shepherds always stand out to me because I I think they were like part of the normal low-end, if you want to call it, crowd that basically worked hard, blue-collar, took care of sheep. People like eating sheep, so somebody had to take care of them, and they were the ones. I'm not sure they were the ones that uh, were invited to all the parties. or Obviously, they were out in their fields. They weren't even in the busy town of Bethlehem that night. They were out watching the sheep somewhere. What's really interesting is that God, for some reason, chose to reveal to these shepherds the specialness of this moment. Hmm. People in Bethlehem missed it. The people in Bethlehem, for some reason, God chose not to to share with them this moment. Now, I, I can't figure that out, and I don't want to put words into the Bible, obviously. I, mm-hmm. But I, but I've often thought about, God, I don't want to be in that crowd that misses the message. You know, I don't want to be in that crowd. I, w- I want to be in the crowd that gets the message. Yeah. So the, the shepherds, were they just in the right position? In other words, were they in a position where they weren't at this moment all about parties and talking to one another. I mean, what was going on in Bethlehem was, I think, family stuff, actually. I mean, it was getting together with family because they were doing a census. And it was that kind of thing that was going on, but they were missing the main point. Boy, you you start paralleling that to what we do in our country at times. We get together with family and we miss the point. Mm -hmm. We need to slow up enough to hear the message and to respond to it. And the angels come, and, and I love this part because it's so many times throughout the Bible, where those in eternity, those in, a, in the celestial world, they demonstrate what they're doing. The angels burst into song. 
the angels found somebody who would listen and went crazy. They, they were going, hey, this is a big deal. Yeah. This is a big deal. Yep. And we're choosing you shepherds to take a look at it. Can you imagine? I mean, you're sitting down there. I don't know what shepherds do at night. Maybe having slingshot tournaments or, you know, I, you know who knows what they were doing. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering, Dave. Is, is being a shepherd an easy job? It depends. I, I think that's like saying is being a farmer an easy job. I, I think it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And, but if you do your job well, there are moments where you can sit and enjoy the process. I think at night a lot of times they would they would build a pen or they'd have a place where they put their sheep and they would sit on a hillside, you know, and be able to watch over them and watch for wolves and watch for dangers. And that's what they were doing. And, you know, they are in a very, very good position for angels to come as a host of angels, if you can imagine. You think the Hallelujah Course, you know, is done well, if you ever heard that and how majestic it sounds. If you can imagine all of a sudden the hills being alive with angels and, and light and song. I mean, these, these shepherds were probably shaking in their, their boots or whatever they wear for shepherding. And it was amazing to think that God Almighty said, you know what? Let's go down to those boys and those girls down there that are shepherds. Let's go down there mm-hmm. and let's announce the birth of our son because they'll take it seriously. Yep, They'll come and, and, and worship. They'll be the first worshipers of Jesus on earth, you know, in the flesh. And so that was very interesting that he did that. You know what else is interesting, Jeff, is that from that, he told him how to find him. There's going to be this baby and he's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. You know, when I read that, I thought, so big deal. I mean, every baby I know has diapers. I can, you know, I can I mean, agree with you there. I, I never really looked at the significance of, of the swaddling clothes. Yeah. But, but it had to be because of the way it was said. It said, you know what, here's how you're going to know the baby. It's dressed differently than other babies. How are they normally dressed? Do you know? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, the fact that it says wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, those are two things that are qualifiers. In other words, this baby's unique because of these two things. And, and so you'll be able to find this baby among all the other babies in town. And, and so what they did is they looked for a baby in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The swaddling clothes, many believe that those were uh, like gauze wraps that people had around their waist. There's different theories about it. It could be that, you know, the birth rate was, was uh, caused a lot of deaths in those days. And when, when people were born, moms would have complications and die. And a lot of times they would keep this, this gauze or this swaddling clothes around them in case something happened during that process. Another one is they traveled a lot. And as they travel a lot, it wasn't unusual in harsh circumstances to have fatalities. And the men would wrap this swaddling clothes around their waist so that they could take care of any uh, deaths that happened along the way and actually wrap them up and bring them back home. Mm. Regardless, the swaddling clothes was an identifier. And, and I believe it was because they were going to find a baby wrapped in death clothes and lying in a manger that was normally set aside for animals. And this was the king of kings that they were going to go see. Yeah. I, I think from the very time that Jesus was born, it was very clear that this world was not his kingdom, that he had another kingdom. This world was a place to serve and to give, and it started right there, and he was able to keep right from the beginning the pictures of being able to focus on dying one day so that you and I could live. It, it, the idea of coming and having the opportunity to come in any way or fashion that he wanted to, but he chose to come to a young lady who was a nobody mm-hmm. in, in a town where he was not welcome and, and demonstrated to people who basically the rest of the people ignored. I find that quite interesting. Again, it's the most unlikely of situations. And one of the things that I love to tell young people in my days in youth ministry and any time that I have a chance to share with someone about the Bible itself and, and how the Bible was written when you really think about these stories, and if you're really going to ask yourself, if you had the chance to write a narrative of the birth of God's Son, Jesus Christ, who is going to come to this world, how you would set that up, I think the least likely way that you would have told the story is exactly what's recorded in Luke and in Matthew and in the Gospels themselves. There's no way, if you're going to write such a beautiful story in your own human thinking, there is no reason you would write it this way because it, it's the most improbable way of doing it. Having two young kids, you know, I, I'm very much in a, a frame of mindset where I remember what pregnancy was like. And the last thing you want to do with your spouse in that ninth month of pregnancy is really do anything that involves movement and a lot of movement <laughs> at that point. And so I, I couldn't imagine being Mary 
you know, and having to get on whatever they were on, if they were riding a donkey or they were riding camel or something, they were, they were moving quite a long distance, and it wasn't really a very comfortable ride. So all of these these different details that we read in Luke's account, sometimes you have to ask yourself, how how probable is this story really to panning out? Other than you have to look at God had such a plan, and he took the most impossible of situations and circumstances and he brought his son into the world to show not only his power and his might, but also to show that God's plan is always going to, it's its always going to run contrary to how we think it's going to run. And yet it's going to be the best scenario and it's going to work out. And so tonight, if you needed that reminder, or you just need to talk further with someone about some difficult things going on, chat with the live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. And so hopefully tonight as we're talking about Christmas and the story and getting away from the busyness and the distractions, that you just really focus in on the uniqueness of Jesus coming to this world and how improbable this story really is when you think about it. And uh, so we're going to take a break here and play some music, and we'll come back here on HopeNet Radio, so stay tuned. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the second half of HopeNet Radio tonight. Jeff, DW, your host. Thanks for joining us tonight on HopeNet Radio. Connect with us during the show. Hope at HopeNet360.com is our email address, and you can email us. Or you can just go to HopeNet360.com. And connect with us there. Hit the connect tab or contact tab and you can send us a message. Either way, we'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear your experience of Christmas. We're talking about Christmas and we're talking about all the preparations that lead up to it. And there's so much busyness. There's so much noise. There's so much chaos this time of year. It's it's incredible in America how much we we spend not only dollar-wise but time-wise stressing and trying to work extra hours so we can afford all of the credit card bills that are going to be coming in next month that thankfully we don't have to see this month <laughs> if you're like the average American. Tonight we're chatting about the true meaning of Christmas. And so Christmas is this week. Many of you across the nation are going to wake up and you're going to, if you have a Christmas tree, you're going to go into your living room, your Christmas tree, wherever your Christmas tree is located. You're going to see all of these gifts, all these presents that you've spent all the time and all the money and, and whatever preparing for. And I hate to break it to you kids, but Santa Claus may not be from the North Pole. Anyway, we're not going to get into that tonight, but we've got all the presents laid out under the tree. Everybody wakes up, you get their morning coffee. Maybe you don't even get your morning coffee. You just, all your kids are scrambling to get their presents open. And you're sitting on the couch in your spot that you always sit every Christmas. And someone's passing out presents. This is how it works in my house. Someone passes out the gifts. And we all kind of wait till everybody has their little pile in front of them. And then one by one, or sometimes all together, we just start ripping open our packages. And you're sitting there and, and the packages are going past you. And quickly you realize... None of them are for you. What Would you still have the same joy this Christmas if you realized that you did not get a single present under the tree this year? And Dave, I don't know if you've been in that spot before, if you've ever thought about that, but what if that was you? What if you were sitting you know, on the couch and just waiting, watching all the packages go by? Maybe not now at your age, but when you were younger, would you have really felt left out? Oh, hugely. In fact, I would have been looking for coal, I guess, at that point, thinking that somehow I was a bum or something and, and didn't deserve any packages this year. You know, it's really weird, Jeff. Sometimes I think from a very young age, we're, we're conditioned in our country to believe that love is equated to stuff. You know, if you're really good and people love you, they give you stuff. And if they don't give you stuff, they don't love you. But, you know, that doesn't work because I've been in countries where they made $25 a year. And it's not that they give them stuff, although they do. They they provide food and, and different things for their families. But really, relationships are about being with people. Mm. Relationships are about being one with God, one with each other. It's not about stuff. It seems like we so oftentimes want to change the relationship that God wants us to have to an arrangement where we actually can be okay by buying stuff or giving stuff or getting stuff, and now we know we're okay with people. I actually love to give gifts at Christmas. I love to give those that I love. 
things that will surprise them and make their life better. I think that that's partially the mind frame of God that, you know, we had some needs and he loves us and he, and the greatest need of all was reconciliation with himself and he provided a gift for us to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a, that's a good thing to have in your mind. But I'm telling you, I, th- I think we've been warped into believing in this country that stuff equates love and it just doesn't. Time equates love. Mm-hmm. And and so what we need to be able to do is start readjusting what's important. I can remember times where our family would get together, and I, being the youngest, always was the one who was into some kind of very important thing, like making eggnog, special eggnog that had no fat in it for my dad because he had heart condition or something like that. And I, and I would always have to, to be out there being busy doing something. Invariably, I would destroy something in the process. Blenders would break, um, things would start shooting all over the kitchen, whatever it might be. I can remember so many times um, messing up the physical side of Christmas because of my little energy and my desire, actually, to do something that would make the people in my life happier. And it it always was a disaster, it seems. To this day, um, my wife and I laugh about how many disasters happen at Christmas. Major appliances just stop. I mean, (laughs) I've had roofs leak. I've had septic systems stop on the 24th. And, I mean, it just seems like it happens. You know what's so interesting is that it keeps putting all this stuff into context for me because it's stuff. Mm -hmm. What I I did in each one of those cases as a kid, what I experienced— was parents who loved me and wanted me to be a part of the celebration with them, regardless of the fact that I just destroyed the kitchen or whatever else might be going on at that moment. Likewise now, even when my house was not working well, things were breaking, I still stopped everything. And we spent time with our children and and, and just enjoyed being together and enjoyed the whole relationship that we had because of God and, and his stability that he gives us all stemming from this Christmas time and this Christmas season. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I think we're, we're people who have, have to readjust sometimes because I think we have put uh, the importance of Christmas and the importance of people in a box where we show it by giving them stuff. And I guess I would encourage our people, if they would, our listeners, if they would show it by giving themselves instead. And I, I think, boy, that would be a, a huge Christmas. Uh, to be able to spend time with those you love, tell them why you love them, mm-hmm. uh, try and express to them why they're important to you. And and let's make that the, the part of Christmas that we don't forget. One of the indicators that our relationships are out of alignment is when we begin to put those things before people. And I need to say that because sometimes we try to tell our relatives. I mean, some of us do get that. Some of us give that love is actually spelled T-I-M-E versus presents or gifts or insert your replacement for what true love really is in relationships. Um, And so I need to say that, that it's really important to know that spending time far exceeds any gift that you can give. I mean, even if you get a brand new iPhone this Christmas, that is still material. It's 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 buying love doesn't work. You can't buy somebody's love. Love comes by spending time in a relationship and and laughing at those broken appliances. And while those can be big stressful points of your Christmas or your you know your celebration time with family, when you learn to laugh at those things, when you learn to find the joy in the small things, again, that's that's where the hope really comes from tonight. And so I want to tell you, those who are listening, and if you have a chance to share this with a relative or someone after the show, I just encourage you to because we can get our expectations way out of alignment. And we actually become disappointed and not joyful, especially if we're the one that is sitting without a present under the tree this Christmas. And so I just I want to encourage you and I want to challenge you with that to not look at those gifts, not look at the stuff that we can accumulate, the things that we're going to toss out at a rummage sale next year anyway because we're we're sick of it. It takes up too much room. It broke in the first week. Um, all of those things, again, they're going to disappoint us. But the relationships that we have in our life truly do show our, our gauge of if we actually do love someone or not, not the material things. So that's my soapbox for the show, and we would love to hear from you too. Connect with us during the show. Email us, hope at hopenet360.com tonight, and tell us, do you, do you agree? Do you disagree? If you do gifts this time of year, and again, we're not saying don't do gifts, but what's the perspective that you have in that? Why do you spend time stressing out and going shopping at every single mall that you have to go to and 
and do that. Is it really worth it to you? Do you wish you didn't have to do it? Do you wish that it was just easier? Do you do all your shopping online? I don't know. We'd love to hear from you. Hope at HopeNet360.com is our email. Get on Facebook as well if you're there and connect on our HopeNet360 page and send us a message, post on our wall. And we'd love to hear your story. And it's it's amazing. This week is already Christmas coming up. And uh, we want it to be the best Christmas ever for you. So we're going to take a break here on HopeNet Radio and play some music. When we come back, we're going to chat a little bit more about what we can do to make this the best Christmas that it could possibly be. So stick around. There's more to come here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW with you tonight. And we love reading your stories of your Christmas memories, your Christmas chaos. And you can send us a message. Send us an email if you would and share with us about your experience this Christmas season. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com tonight or connect on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet360. Like our page and some of the stuff we're posting. And this part of the conversation, Dave, it's Christmas time. Tonight our conversation is about Christmas time. And now that we have a chance to actually kind of sit back and finally look at what Christmas is really all about, we want to touch on that because so many families, there's so many things, so many different emotions that come up at this time of year. This might even be a new year for you. And personally, for me, I have a a good friend of mine um, who just lost his mother not too long ago. And so this is going to be a different Christmas. And maybe that's a lot of the same for some of you guys out there that Maybe this is a hard time of year. Just the memory of losing a loved one is is just a really difficult time. And if you need to chat with someone tonight, there's a live coach that's waiting to chat with you at HopeNet360.com. And just know that you're never alone in the midst of all the craziness, in the midst of all those memories that come up at this time of year, that God is with you and he's closer than a brother. And that's what the word of God says. It's not just me telling you this. It's the word of God is true, that God is with you and he has a plan and he has a desire to not necessarily take the pain away, but to help you to move through that and to live and to have a life that honors and pleases him in the in spite of the difficulties, in spite of the pain that happens and that we go through and that we face in this life. So that's our message, not just tonight, but every single night, that God is a God of hope and he has a plan to restore the broken things in our life, the broken pieces, and to set us free from things like addiction, things like troubled relationships. And so if that's you tonight, you can chat with the live coach at hopenet360.com. Dave, in this part of our conversation, I do want to talk about some of the things that we can do that will make our Christmas better this year. I want this to be, for everyone that's listening, I want this to be the best possible Christmas that they can have. And I've waited until this week because... Sometimes we think that Christmas is all about the glitz, all about the glamour, all about how many lights you have set up, how many ornaments are on the tree, how many things that we get as far as presents go for our family. And tonight we're just saying, let's just, let's throw that stuff out. What really brings us joy in Christmas tonight? So Dave, I want to chat about some things that maybe you've thought of that has made your Christmas better, things that you've maybe done in your family, with your family and your kids growing up that made Christmas the best it could possibly be. The one word that comes to mind immediately, Jeff, is intentionality. It's so easy for seasons to come and go and kind of get us by surprise. Maybe it's a male thing, but I'm telling you, when birthdays come around or Christmas, it's like more than once on Christmas Eve, I was walking around some store looking for a gift because I just, it caught me by surprise. In other words, the season just kept going by and and I didn't do anything. And all of a sudden, in fact, a good friend of mine and I laugh about it because we used to meet in Fleet Farm on Christmas Eve. And we didn't plan on it. We just did. And there we were both walking around and laughing at each other like, (laughs) yeah, you think you have like 12 months to work on this. And now you're walking around a store on Christmas Eve. So one of the things that I really learned I need to do is be intentional. Be intentional about wanting to express my love to those that I love. And I think that's unique in different ways. It may be that I need to go and uh, meet with somebody in a nursing home that I love that's all alone. It may be that uh, those are my family I want to do a project for or something instead of maybe just buy something, but something that that I can do to encourage them. I want to be intentional to the people I love because God was intentional to me. He saw my needs. It's hard in America because you you can look at people and, and say they don't have a real need. I mean, honestly, I mean, 
what is somebody who's making one hundred fifty thousand a year and they can buy all the clothes they need? They go, what do you? What do they need? Right. They've already bought it all. What they need is is a good friend. What they need is time with somebody to be able to just talk about life and issues that are on their minds. And I think intentionality about slowing down. Uh, early in our lives, we realized when our kids were little that we were traveling a lot, and and we were not only traveling, but you're in traffic, you're in the middle of chaos all the time, we began to very quickly lose the meaning of Christmas. I used to have to be back on the 26th every year to open up camp because people would come up. And so I I basically had to come back on Christmas Day, and it got so crazy that we began to lose the focus. Mm. So then one day we said, you know what, we're staying home during Christmas. That was our intentionality. We're going to stay home and invite others to come up and join us if they'd like, but we need to do something to recapture the meaning of Christmas. Really, are, uh, those, are, those are some very intentional things. We used to uh, do a family kind of Advent candle to remind ourselves of, of what was going on. And once a week, you'd light another candle and sit around the table, the dinner table, during December and just talk about what is coming up and letting the, the family talk about it and the kids talk about it. My wife used to wrap these little gifts. And in the gifts, they're really small, like jewelry box kind of size and you know, that, that kind of thing, or pen box kind of size, and she would wrap it so you could just open it and not rip the paper off. And at a meal, we would sit, and um, the kids would open those. Maybe there'd be 20 of them, so 20 days before Christmas on the 5th, we'd start. And there'd be one thing in a box, like a piece of cloth in one of the boxes. And what the children had to do was, was tell us, this cloth probably represents swaddling clothes. And they would tell us a little bit about the story. So there were some things we were intentional about, the family advent candles and maybe the, the uh, going to spend time with somebody that, that just really needs to have some time spent with them or wrapping these presents and talking about it, starting dialogues about the importance of what Christmas really is. Uh, our children through time uh, memorized Luke chapter 2, the beginning part there, so that they could say it. We had them say it to us at at the table and at, at home. So if we're intentional about saying, here's what Christmas is really about, getting out a calendar and saying, how are we going to reinforce what it's about? Kind of like the stones that uh, in the Old Testament that God told Joshua and Moses, you know, pile these stones. Every time you look at them, remember something. Well, let's take the Christmas trees and the Christmas lights and the, and the business of the season. And let's stop for a moment and be intentional and start to remind ourselves of what it's really about in unique ways. I would love to hear our listeners, Jeff, respond to us on, on different things they do at Christmas, uh, different intentionalities that they do. And maybe we can get a big list on our website or a big list on our Facebook page or, or something of things that people do to refocus on the, on the meaning of Christmas. It would be fun to have a little compilation there. And email us your thoughts at hope at hopenet360.com. That's hope, H-O-P-E, at hopenet360.com. And you can connect with us that way. Or just go to our Facebook page, HopeNet360 on Facebook or HopeNet360 on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you as well. So I think some of the best things that we could do to make this a the best Christmas that it can be is to have an understanding of how – I love what you said, how to be intentional about slowing down. Maybe that's the point that you need to, to understand is ask that question. How do we slow down? How do we change what we've been doing for the sake of our own sanity, for the sake of actually focusing on what the true meaning of Christmas is? For those who work in retail, maybe you're catching this on the podcast, and you work in retail, you work 10, 12, 15 hours, 25 hours that we don't have. Every single day, it's hard to be intentional with the time that we have. Sometimes it's just going to work and then it's going to sleep. Instead, if you don't have the quantity time at this point of the year, make sure that you take advantage of the time that you do have and make it quality time and not just sit around and do mindless things, but be intentional with those that you love even in the time that you have. I know this is a very busy time of year for a lot of people for many different reasons. And sometimes we don't like to take that time and, and use it for other people when we only yeah. have a slim amount of time in our, in our day left. Uh, but just things that you can do to be intentional, just to sit around and play a board game or you know, turn off the television, turn off the radio for a time and just actually enjoy the silence, enjoy just the togetherness. So I think that intentionality is it's so important. The, the problem really is so many times we say there's so many things we cannot not do. But there are things you can you don't have to watch every Christmas movie every year. You don't you don't have to. You know what? My wife and I quit sending out Christmas cards. I know that sounds to some of you like, oh, that's terrible. 
<laughs> you know what? It just took so many time, so much time and effort. And they said the same thing every year. And it was basically almost a, a time where you're saying, here's what we're doing. And I know people love us and love to hear it. But if you really love us and we're really in your life, you know what we're doing. I mean, we're, we're a part of your life that way. So, you know, when we quit traveling at Christmas, when we quit doing the Christmas card thing, there were some people that really struck back and said, boy, you're, you're not very nice. You know, I mean, you don't really like Christmas. And it's like, you know, we're doing these things because we really do want to celebrate Christmas. That's why we're doing them, because right. we, we can't do it and still be slaves to the busyness of life. So I, I encourage our people, be intentional, but it may be tough choices you have to make. It is. And there is sometimes a, a breakdown in the different generations that some people express disappointment with the younger generation who lacks the, I guess, intentionality about sending out Christmas cards or sending out any type of correspondence that says, hey, Merry Christmas, uh, in the form of like a letter. And so maybe our expectations really are off. Maybe we're being intentional about the wrong things. And so tonight the point of the show isn't to point out what necessarily is wrong about being intentional on things, but it's pointing out things that we feel are really right to be intentional about. And it's spending time together. It's remembering the birth of Christ and what that means for us and the significance of it. And to actually take time and be intentional about that. Maybe it's just saying, you know what, maybe this year, maybe you've gone to a Christmas Eve service in the past years, and maybe this year it means just not. I hate to say it, but sometimes church and church responsibility can take over at this time of year. And, you know, I'm not saying cancel your obligations or the, the things that you've committed to at this point, but be intentional again with the time that you have and realize maybe the things that we feel obligated to do aren't necessarily what need to be done and to be intentional about the things that really do matter in the long run. So we're going to take a break in this conversation and play some music, and we've got more to come here tonight on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. It is HopeNet Radio. So glad that you've joined us tonight. Jeff and DW with you tonight. We're wrapping up the conversation on Christmas. And this week is Christmas. It, it can mean a lot of different things for many different people. And you've probably busted your butt shopping, looking for the greatest deals out there. And tonight we've been reflecting on what the real meaning is of Christmas. We've read the Christmas story. And if you've missed any part of the conversation tonight, you can always catch it on our website, HopeNet360.com, after the show. Subscribe on iTunes as well if you have you know, an iPod or an iPad or something that gets electronic media to your device and in your hands later on to listen to the show. So, Dave, we've been talking about Christmas. We've been talking about the complexity, the, the ways that we've made it so much bigger than I think God ever intended it to be. And not bigger in a way that honors and glorifies God or keeps God at the center of it, but bigger in a way where we've kind of lost focus in some ways. We've lost the true meaning. We've lost the richness of what it really means for Jesus to come. And even the way that Jesus came into this world, how improbable this totally was to, to see this young couple, Mary and Joseph, and God bringing his son into the world through this virgin um, who, again, it, looking at it from their eyes and their perspective, I think they would have been scared out of their mind had they not known that God had done this to them and for such a greater purpose than they could ever know. So that's our show tonight, and so we would love to hear from you. Email us, hope at hopenet360.com. You can always connect with us there or on Facebook, on Twitter at hopenet360. So, Dave, you were talking a little bit in the break as we were just chatting a little bit, some of the things that you've done that were maybe a little bit different or that many families maybe don't do at all during Christmas. And I want you just to share a little bit about your family and some of the things that you did that took advantage of Christmas and the time together and how it's impacted your family. One of the things that's very important is that we emulate who Jesus is, and Christmas gives us a time to do that. Uh, our family has always been really about service. And it's been fun to be a part of doing something for others during Christmas time. And others have caught on on that, I think, as well, that where they go and they cook a meal somewhere for those who don't have it and those kinds of things. And, you know, as I look back on life, Christmas was such a special time. My, my dad was a pastor and a very busy guy. And my mom, man, she was the best wife to him that a, a guy could have and backed him up and worked hard. At Christmas, everything seemed to stop for a few moments, for a few days. And we were able to just sit together and be together 
And then we all got up on Christmas Day normally, went out, and uh, normally came up to northern Wisconsin to get ready to serve people right after Christmas. And we did that so that they could get the gospel and be a part of something bigger. It was very interesting to be a part of a family that really served. Uh, When I look back at Christmas, I miss my mom and dad very much. My dad died actually the Monday before Thanksgiving about 20 years ago. And my mom died um, in January uh, one year right after all of these uh, things go on. And, you know, you can't go through Christmas. Every Christmas morning, I'll, I'll be sitting there with my cup of coffee or tea or whatever I'm drinking, and, and my mind goes back to being a child and, and remembering the special times and the special moments that we had together. I want to encourage our listeners, if you're going to love people, you're going to be in pain at times. And this pain is not a bad pain. It's a good pain. You almost have to enjoy the pain of love because what happens is the, the other pain is unbearable. The pain of loneliness, the pain of anger, the pain of, I I wish my dad never existed. That's a different pain. Mm -hmm. Those of you that have loved, you are going to be in pain because those that have gone before you that aren't with you anymore are not going to be with you possibly. And and when they're not with you, that's painful. Those of that are serving our country overseas, there there are soldiers that Mm -hmm. are serving and they're not able to come home for Christmas. For those of you that are listening that are part of that, you got to know that our prayers and our hopes are with you as a family. And, and we understand that your loved one is sacrificing so that we could even be free to enjoy Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so we thank you and, and, and wish for you that you would put your mind towards the positive there and think of the great sacrifice and service that your family is doing on behalf of all the other people. And one day when your loved one comes back home and, and you get to celebrate Christmas together, let that be a memory for you that was very precious rather than one that was a terrible memory of, of missing somebody. And you should miss those that you love. That's, that's part of uh, the good pain that I talk about. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the most important things, Jeff, is really at this time of year is to go through a process where we really realize it's not about us, that we make it about others, and that we look and enjoy the relationships that we have And starting with God, if we're not in a relationship with God, we need to straighten that one out. Mm -hmm. The relationships in our own human life, we need to enjoy them. And if they're not right, right, we need to straighten them out. But that's, I think, the most important thing we can do. Absolutely. It's interesting that you mentioned the armed forces. Uh, A few weeks back, I was going to the post office and just going to go grab some stamps. And so I stood in line and there was a pretty good size line. And the gal in front of me uh, was a younger gal. She looked like she was 23, 24 years old, roughly. And she had a big box in her hands, and she was obviously going to, you know, ship a package out. And you don't really think too much of it. And I just happened to glance at the address, and it was it was being sent to a, an army base somewhere in Afghanistan. I just tapped her on the shoulder and, and uh, said, is your husband in, in the military? And, and she said yes. And I'm like, wow, thank you so much for your part in serving our country. And she's like, you know, it's no big deal compared to what they deal with over there. And I said, well, yes, it is a big deal. And so we got to talking and she was just sharing how this is her first Christmas. He's been deployed three times and she said, this is the first time at Christmas that he hasn't been home. And I just, I said, well, you know, I, I know this is difficult and I just want you to know I'm praying for you and your family. And so we talk sometimes about the side of losing a loved one, someone to a death or to an illness or something. There's a, a death that's involved. And sometimes you look at it, it's, it's more than that. It's sometimes it's serving and it's our own forces, uh, people who are serving our country overseas, just so we can have the freedom to go and to drive 500 miles to go and visit relatives or wherever you go or fly or whatever you do for Christmas. And we lose sight of those things. I have an uncle who for many years wasn't a part of our Christmas or even our Thanksgiving celebrations with our family. And now he finally is uh, served in desert storm and you know, he served to protect our country and to give us the freedoms that we have. And so we need to, if we have the opportunity to, I don't care what you think about the wars. I don't care what you think about the politics involved in it. Thank someone who's serving our country because it's partly because of their sacrifice and their willingness to go to put themselves in danger that we have the freedoms that we have. And it's not a political thing. It's to know that there are people who every single day they put their lives on the line and people who serve in our police academies, people who serve uh, in our police, in our fire, in our rescue, and people that just serve and want to make a difference in our community so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we have. And if you're there tonight and you have an opportunity to this week, I just encourage you to thank someone that you know who is serving our country. Thank you who are listening, who are going through Christmas now without somebody at the dinner table because they're serving overseas or serving somewhere, maybe stateside, and they're just not here for Christmas. And um, so our thoughts and our prayers are with you and your family. Dave, in our, in our final part of this conversation, 
you know, just to reflect a little bit on what Christmas truly is all about, talk a little bit about Jesus' birth and some of the some of the really interesting things to you, the perspectives that we can all kind of glean from at this Christmas time. I would love for people to spend just a private moment with God and maybe take some uh, what you would call private communion, or maybe a, 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 you want to lead that um, with your family. I'm not sure. But by that, I mean, take take a moment and take a piece of bread and just hold the bread. And as you hold that bread, think of what God did becoming a human, what he did with this body that, that he took on. The idea that his body never controlled him, but his mind did, because Satan always works from the body to the mind, and God works from the mind to the body. He sweat drops of blood going to the cross, sacrificing his life so that you and I could have life. And, and when you've thought about it for a while, when you thought about what that means to receive the mercy of God, the grace of God, then take that piece of bread and eat it. And as you eat it, just think of Christ and what he did for you. And, and do it just in a, in a moment where you can just be by yourself and think. Then I in, in, encourage you to take a, you know, I do this with a, a sealed like little juice box or something for people. And, and I say, you know what, let this, let this bottle of juice just remind you of Christ's blood. And in that, um, take it and, and make sure that before you take it, you, you spend some time trying to figure out, am I okay with the people in my life? Am I okay with God? And when you are, you, you take that communion and, and spend some time doing something special and different and getting your mind focused on what it should be. Tonight, we've come to the end of our show here with you. We ultimately want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And this year, make Christmas the best that it could possibly be. Keep Jesus the reason for the season. Keep him at the center of what you do. And remember to take time to slow down as best as you can and just reflect on the birth of our Savior. And as always, you can chat with the live coach at HopeNet360.com, especially if these are difficult times of the year for you as you're going through life and going through preparations. And maybe memories are coming up that are very hard to, to deal with, and you just don't know who to turn to. Again, our coaches are there. They're available around the clock to chat at HopeNet360.com. As for us, we just want to remind you that no matter what you're going through, no matter what difficulties stand in your way, no matter what stresses or what pressures lie in front of you or around you, that God is in control. And all you have to do is turn to him and trust in him and lean on him as your strength. So from Dave and I, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. We'll be back again next week here on the show chatting about some resolutions and things to make your new year the best that it could be as well. So have a Merry Christmas and we'll see you guys online and next week. 